The first scripture this morning comes from Romans 4, uh, verses 13 through 25. That's page 1752 in your Hugh Bibles. It was not through law that Abraham and his offspring received the promise that he would be heir of the world, but through the righteousness that comes by faith. For those who live by law are heirs. Faith has no value and the promise is worthless because law brings wrath. And where there is no law, there is no transgression. Therefore, the promise comes by faith, so that it may be by grace and may be guaranteed to all Abraham's offspring, not only those who are of the law, but those who are of the faith of Abraham. He is the God in whom he believed, life to the dead, and calls things that are not as though they were. Against all hope, Abraham and hope believed that Believed and so became the father of many nations, just as it had been said to him, so shall your offspring be. Without weakening in his faith, he faced the fact that his body was good as dead, since he was about of God, and in his faith, and gave glory to God. Being fully persuaded that God had power to do what he had promised, that is why it was credited who raised Jesus, our Lord, from the dead. He was delivered over to death for our sins and was raised to life for our justification. Second reading comes from Mark chapter 8, verses 31 through 38, and that's found on page 1567 in your pew Bibles. Jesus predicts his death. Then he began to teach them the that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, chief priests, and teachers of the law, and that he must be killed and after three days rise again. He spoke plainly about this, and Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. But when Jesus turned and looked at his disciples, he rebuked Peter. Get behind me, Satan, he said. You do not have in mind the things of God, but the things of men. Then he called the crowd to him along with his disciples and said, If anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for me and for the gospel will save it. What good is it for a man to gain the whole world yet forfeit his soul? Or what can a man give in exchange for his soul? If anyone is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, the Son of Man will be ashamed of him when he comes in his Father's glory with the holy angels. May God bless the reading of this word and help us to apply these words to our lives. Amen. Well, friends, I want to introduce our preacher today. I told her I was going to do this, and she looked at me and she said, Oh, no. What is he going to say? Well, I just want to share something that most of you already know. We have an incredible, fantastic director of youth and family ministries here at St. Paul's. And Melissa has a a burning desire to share the gospel and to communicate the truth of God uh, to all generations. And so I know that you're going to be blessed to hear a word from her this morning. Preacher Jensen? Preacher Jensen. Ah, hello. Well, let's see if you can. Oh, good. Yay. I'm traveling microphone now. I'm very, feel very fancy. Okay. Good morning, everybody. 
Okay. Just give me one second here. Oh. So, this past week and weekend, I celebrated um, my two, my second and third most important relationships. Uh, my, my second relationship, my second most important, was uh, celebrating 10 years of marriage uh, this past weekend. So... Um, I, uh, Mike and I got to go away for a day and that was really important. We uh, appreciate the time to be able to do that and just spend time. And it's such a crazy, what a difference a decade can make in a relationship. Uh, it is, it is so, uh, much different as you start to grow in that marriage. I think about going on our honeymoon and being so aware of all of the things I wanted to do. How did my hair look? Did I have the right outfits? Did I have the right outfits for going to bed? Did I have the right outfits for going to the outfit? You know, just everything. That's not the case anymore. Um, I think that we both know and how much we love each other. And I think I still like to accessorize, but I don't think I think about what he thinks about it. I know what he thinks and he knows what I think. And so uh, for that, I am grateful because that's one less worry. But you don't even need a, a, a decade. I'm going to focus in a minute on another relationship. But the third most important relationship, which is also connected to this, is uh, the, my relationship as being a student right now. Um, I'm a student, for those who don't know, getting my Master's of Divinity uh, at Asbury Theological Seminary. This allows me to grow in my theology and also be able to grow in all points uh, that of uh, scripture and word and practice. And I was in a class uh, for a gospel, what they call gospel catechism, which is basically gospel learning and how to teach everybody else about it. It's just a fancy, fancy term. Um, this week in Florida, it was very nice, by the way, to get out of the cold. Um, it... <laughs> It was very, it was very nice, but I got to be a student and being a student and a full-time student for a week is very nice when I get to go away to these classes and really devote myself into my studies because it does let me develop quite a bit more. I ask a lot of questions, some smart, some I would say maybe not so smart questions. Um, and I relate all this to a relationship that we just read about in scripture. And I'm talking about Peter and his relationship to Jesus. We talk, I talk about a decade, but even in three years, the relationship between Peter and Jesus bonded so deeply and had so much to show for that three-year relationship where they carried in ministry together. I love Peter so much. He is my favorite uh, disciple uh, for many, many, many reasons. Um, first of all, I'm going to talk about his relationship with Jesus, but I also want to talk about his humanness. Um, and how it is similar to our own. Um, many instances in scripture show just exactly uh, Peter's heart. Uh, Peter knows his heart, um, and his heart in Jesus is strong, and that is seen in scripture, of how strongly he feels for Christ as his teacher, and then as his Messiah. But his human nature seems to get in the way. Um, it kind of makes his head gets in the way of his heart. Um, and that's something where I think in all relationships, even in a marriage, we can see that sometimes our head gets in the way of our heart, makes us think that things of aesthetic matter more than matters of what's in our souls. And I think Peter even felt this in his relationship with Jesus. I have some examples, some of my just little, little moments of scripture. 
uh, that have to deal with uh, the relationship between Peter and Jesus. Uh, I like in, um, you know, uh, Jesus is uh, asking an exploration of parables. And uh, Jesus is explaining the parables of what goes in the mouth and what comes out of the body about the uncleanliness. And Peter asks for explanation. And Jesus says, why don't you understand? And I always like to think, oh, Peter. <laughs> Peter loves to ask questions. But that's the good thing about Peter is we hear him in Scripture asking questions. It's okay to ask questions when we as humans are just confused about what we're hearing. We're not quite putting it all together yet. So I think it's important that we see Peter in the Scriptures being a little bit unsure, being a little bit not sure about what his brain is hearing as Jesus is trying to convey such an important message. Uh, we see Peter in a very uh, specific way many of us know about when Jesus is walking on water and Peter says, is it, this is you, Lord, let me come on out. He says, come. Peter walks out onto that water in confidence because he heard, heard it's Jesus. He walks, he goes out. What distracts him? The nature, wind. He hears the wind and all of a sudden now Peter is like, oh, where am I? Oh, wait a minute. I'm sitting on top of water. His human head gets in the way. He was sure. He knew who Jesus was. He knew Jesus could do whatever, but he doubts. So he starts to sink, and he cries out to Jesus, and Jesus comes and saves him and says, why do you have such little faith? Why do you doubt? He knew what it was there, but his head got in the way of his heart. Elements in our lives can confuse us. Nature can confuse us. Things like this where we are afraid of things that we don't have power over, but we have to be so sure what Christ has so much more power over. And when we're relating children, messages sometimes about the importance of things, where it's not important where it came from, come about. But it's interesting, because this is where I relate to Peter so much. Peter does two things. He says, Jesus, you're going to wash my feet. And, and, and Jesus says, yes. And he's like, you can't, you can't do that. Jesus explains that he needs to be clean. He needs to be clean so he can be with him. He's preparing him for service. But Peter takes it one step too far. He gets overly excited. He's like, okay, well, just wash me all, everything. Just go. Let's have it. And Jesus is like, that's not necessary, Peter. Okay? And he tells him he only needs his feet to be washed for what is needed. And then we have the last story where we see um, Peter weep bitterly, as he denies Jesus three times, he realizes Jesus had given a message. And that was the one time we have where Jesus is not there to answer. But yet, Peter remembers and hears the words of Jesus. You will deny me three, after denying me three times, the crow will crow. And I think about this, except for that instance, Jesus answers Peter for every one of his questions. He has an answer. Even when Peter doesn't understand, Jesus answers. Even when Peter doubts and could drown, Jesus answers that relationship. It's a very hopeful relationship. We talked about hope. I'm going to bring that in in a minute. But it's interesting how that relationship so much parallels our own. How much we can look to Peter and see exactly where we can find Jesus in the answers. He will answer us, even when we're confused, even when we're not sure, even when, as our human head, stops our heart from being able to hear. Going back to the scriptures that we covered today and that Ivy read for us, you know, Jesus predicts his debt, and Peter rebukes him. It's like, 
of Jesus being so clear about this message. But it's a human fear. It's a human fear that, Je- that, that Peter has for Jesus because he feels he's in trouble. Because Peter definitely knows. Because in the scripture right before this, in Mark uh, uh, 27 through 30, Jesus asks the disciples who he is. They give answers. And he asks, but who do you say I am? And Peter says, you're the Messiah. So it's very clear that Peter knows who Jesus is going to be in his heart. But his human head gets in the way. How many times has our human head gotten in the way of our faith and broken that faith and broken that hope? Many people in scripture have also had a break in faith from their head to heart. We see that in the Romans that Paul gives us with the story of Abraham. Abraham's head could not wrap around how he was going to have a child at his age with Sarah at her age. He couldn't wrap his head around it. And yet our scripture is clear that I'm sorry, Abraham is the model for that relationship because it then goes, he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promises of God, but was strengthened in favor and gave glory to God being fully persuaded that God had the power to do what was promised. And this is why it is credited to him as who is righteous. And it says the words it was credited to him were not just for him alone, but for us to whom God will credit righteousness for us who believe in him who was raised Jesus, our Lord from the dead. Again, bringing this Jesus back in where Jesus predicted his death. And now we see that we're reflecting on that and what comes with it. Belief made him righteous. This relationship is for us as well to believe and hope in the promise, and to be seen and justified as righteous. This is something that Peter was denying as a human, but then Paul brings forward to us. But Peter does too, and let me bring you to that. In 1 Peter, we can see that Peter is human, and just as we can, Peter learns from his mistakes. As he went out to spread the gospel and spread that message of Jesus after the ascension, we see that Peter can learn from his mistakes and teach others how to make better decisions. In 1 Peter 3, 17 through 18, it says, For it is better if it is God's will to suffer for doing good than for doing evil. For Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, to bring you to God. He was put to death in the body, but made alive in the spirit. The very man who, as a human, punished because he knew it would get them in trouble and might bring them pain, is the same man later who is telling us, you might suffer for your faith. But that's okay, as long as you're doing it with the right reasons in mind, and you are doing it to keep that relationship strong in Christ. That is the goal. That is, Peter comes full circle with no fear. Listening to the word and following the faith of his heart, which is now full with the Holy Spirit. And that Holy Spirit that he brings to us through God's word so that we can have that relationship. So when we doubt and when we have human doubts, I think it's okay to feel those. I think sometimes, even in myself, we feel guilty for the doubt we feel in our lives. Whether that be in school and how to take care of the funds for that, whether that be in homes, whether that be in our own human relationships. I had mentioned to you that I celebrated both my second and third most important relationships at the beginning. My first most important relationship, and I know my husband agrees, is that relationship I have between myself and this trinity of Father, God, Jesus, Holy Spirit. This whole relationship is my most important. It has to be. It has to be the most important for all of us. 
because that's the relationship that's going to get us through. That's the, the relationship that can guide us, the relationship that can give us hope for the future and hope for the future beyond what we can see and will ever see in this life as we hope in the future and promises of that great salvation. It's the most important relationship that we have. Will you pray with me, please? Dear Lord, we thank you. We thank you for this hope you've given us. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for coming to earth. Thank you for showing us these examples of your disciples in your word, that we can relate to them, that even when we have doubt, Lord, we can see that there is hope. Hoping you, Lord Jesus Christ, we thank you, Lord, as we celebrate this season of your teaching, but Lord, also of the anniversary that we celebrate a sacrifice. You gave to us so that we could be justified, righteous, and have eternal life with you. We lift this up in your holy and precious name. Amen.